Good morning and welcome to Monday in Manhattan. This is our weekly broadcast from City Administration to keep you in the loop. You can find out more about local government at the city's website, cityofmhk.com. Good afternoon. It's Monday in Manhattan. Jason Hilgers, Deputy City Manager, with me today, Brian Johnson, our City Engineer. We're going to talk about quite a few projects that are going to be coming up here in Manhattan uh, this spring and summer. Uh, we'll just look to Brian to dive right into that. What do you have starting here soon? Uh, first and foremost on the list is Kimbellin College, and that one actually started this morning. Uh, some traffic control got placed. The signals at Kimbellin College went into flash, so uh, access from that north side is now restricted. You can't get to Kimball from college. Uh, from the south side, from where Via Christi is, you can still get there, but it is a red stop or a stop-only sign. I've appreciated the reader boards on Kimball, uh, knowing March 2nd construction would start, find an alternative route. And speed limit reduction. Yes, 25 miles an hour, saw that. But we're going to pitch that down to really two lanes, right? Yeah, it's going to go head-to-head here before the end of the week. So traffic will be on the south side of the street. The north side of the street is what they're going to start taking out. How long will the north side take, Brian? Probably three to four months. There's some storm sewer underground utilities, quite a bit of work underground, and you're going to see that starting next week. Then after that, the street will start start going back in. About summertime, we'll flip that then? Probably August 1st. Yeah, good. So that project will um, impact about 20,000 cars a day? On about 22,000 cars a day, plus about another 10,000 on college. So total, there's close to 40,000 vehicles a day going through that intersection. Yeah, so that'll touch a lot of folks. A lot of folks, and especially people on the north side. Their detour route now is going to be up to Marlette and then back down Denison or back down Browning. Great. So if you're in those apartments on the north side, apologize for the lengthy delay but by august 1st we'll have a new roadway for you to drive on awesome so that's a first phase really of multiple phases we have in north campus corridor uh, we'll be talking more about that uh, in the summer and into the fall we've got other phases under design we've got some state money uh, we anticipate spending on kimball in the future but where else are we heading uh, we also have some street maintenance going on up in the Bellhaven area also uh, we actually have a bid coming in tomorrow for uh, Little Kitten, Plymouth, and Cedar Crest. So uh, up in that uh, Candlewood area up in there, several streets up in there that we're going to bid out and hope to have somebody up there by mid- mid-April. Complete removal and replacement? Yeah, those are complete removes and replacements. There's some really, really bad pavement in that area. So uh, we got really fortunate with the winter that we had that it didn't beat it up any more than it did. but. They're full replacements. When we're in those neighborhoods, we typically remove half of the lane, Correct. Drop, drop it down to a one-lane section. One way, yep. Give, give folks uh, plenty of uh, notice that they're going to have to go slow through there, only one car through at a time. Yep. We usually hang door hangers on the front door, so if you're in the area that's going to be affected, you're going to see a, an orange hanger sitting on your front door, typically a week to 10 days before you start seeing construction. Great. And this is paid for through the 0.2 sales tax? Correct. This is all sales tax dollars. Yep. yep. Great. What do you have next? Uh, next, we got another project starting off today. It's a big storm sewer project for downtown. Uh, it's 6th and Houston. It actually starts at 4th and Pottawatomie, and then it'll work its way all the way up actually to the middle school. So about 8,000 feet of new storm sewer. What's your total budget on that thing? Total budget is about $6.7 million. It includes storm water and then four blocks of new water main, too. Uh, down in the uh, ward part of town or the ward district, we've got a lot of old water mains, some of them over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And they're two and four inch water mains. So we're going to replace them while we got the street tore up. Uh, part of that project is going across Fort Riley Boulevard. 
and Fort Riley Boulevard will go down to one lane head-to-head -head between Juliet and 5th Street probably through the summer. And this is our stormwater collection system, uh, the bottom end of the bathtub, building it yep. back into the community, try to get up into uh, the downtown area, obviously then make our way towards Aggieville at some point. Yep, Aggieville and the Infro District north of, uh, north of Bluemont. This is uh, actually the highest rated project for stormwater needs. Great. We have about 12 or 13 phases in the stormwater master yep, plan. about 13 phases. We've got uh, five phases under design now. About 70 to $100 million in improvements. It, yeah, it's a big number. Yeah. It's a really big number. So we're trying to make gains. It's one of the more um, responded to questions we have in our community survey. Uh, folks would like to see us make improvements with storm drainage in their neighborhoods. This is going to be a big one. This is a big piece of infrastructure that will allow us then to continue into the community and make those improvements. We may at some point be able to um, eliminate the swim lanes on Bluemont. Uh, so and the American crawl that's uh, taking place every once in a while. Uh, hopefully we'll be in the system and out, out of the community. Yep. What do you have next? Uh, also a project on Fort Riley Boulevard that KDOT is bidding, actually goes to bid this month. It's replacing the two bridges down across Wildcat Creek between Westwood and uh, Richards Lane. Big impact on that one. There's close to 29,000 vehicles a day that use Fort Riley Boulevard. Uh, they're going to actually shift you into head-to-head -head configuration, take out one bridge, rebuild the bridge, and then switch in and, and fix the other lane. Uh, it also has a really big bike and ped component because we're going to get our crossing across that uh, bridge now. And that's something that the bike ped community has wanted for several years. When will that start? Uh, probably start about first week of May. Okay, and it, is it a full year construction? It's about 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it's going to be a long one. Huge delays, there's going to be huge backups, huge queues. If you use that route on a daily basis, use Seth Child, use Scenic, try to get up to Anderson. Anderson actually doesn't have a lot of impacts this summer. So if you can use Anderson at all, that's that's definitely the way you want to go. So think back to the bridge at Fort Riley Boulevard over Seth Child being replaced and the, the pinch that it caused yeah. uh, in terms of the delays and the traffic backing up. Uh, it won't take long for people to recognize they need to go a different Find route. a different way. Yeah, to yep. come into town. So Yep. That's, um, a, that's a great project. Those, those bridges are actually functionally obsolete, which is a really nice way to say you shouldn't be driving on them. So yeah. we're really happy they're going to get replaced. And, and you mentioned the bike pit amenity. I just think that is such a, a blessing to the community. Today, people are on a ledge about yay wide, yeah. uh, walking their bike or walking on, and it is, it is not a safe passage. Um, so we're creating an environment where that bike and ped can, can cross those bridges. Yep. Also getting some lighting on the bridge too. So not only do we got a safe path, we got a path that has some lights on it at night, That's which awesome. is really good. Awesome. And we have state participation in that as well? We do. We had about a $60,000 participation in the project. I, we haven't seen the bid tabs yet. That's probably a $20 million yeah. bridge project. Yeah. Great. What's next? 12th Street, Aggieville. You want to talk about that one? Yeah, we've got a, a pretty intense design uh, that the commission is um, moving forward with. Um, probably about a $2 million total improvement. We have a water line, a storm water line that will go in below grade, then we'll come back. We have two different designs, really. The alley kind of splits that. We have brick south of the alley to Morrow, and then we go back to the traditional curb gutter and pavement on the north side. We'll work with the hotel. Uh, they'll be under construction really through April of 21, but then... June will actually start construction. I know 
Uh, McCown Gordon would like to shut 12th Street down as much as they can. Yeah. They have about a five or six month construction period they want to move forward with. The earlier we can get them started, uh, towards the end of May, early June, uh, the sooner they can complete. Uh, but the commission will actually consider that GMP in April, and then they would like to move forward with a contractor by the end of May. What else do you have? Uh, next up on the list, we got Kimball and Browning, which actually bids tomorrow. That's a uh, large storm sewer project also. Uh, if you've ever been to that intersection, and even a decent rain, half-inch rain, it'll fill up with water, get, get pretty backed up, get down to one lane. Uh, that project's install some storm sewer, helps drain that intersection a little bit, probably in mid-May to September 1st uh, time frame. That also will be head-to-head -head traffic. So as you come down Kimball, if you remember what last year was like, how you had to go to one side and they fixed the other, be as very similar to that again. So we'll have two locations really within phases, about a half yep. mile of each other yep. where you'll be pinched down to head-to-head uh, -head track. We're actually going to have three, and there's another project coming up. Uh, Kimball, Seth Child to Candlewood. Okay. Going to rebuild that pavement section. Uh, again, we did something very similar again last year. Uh, going to rebuild from Seth Child to Candlewood, uh, switch it from one side to the other. Going to rebuild those islands now that have that kind of nasty-looking asphalt in them. Uh, and then actually we're going to put a 10-foot trail on the north side of Kimball. Sounds like if you live on the west side, you should take Hudson, Reith, or Scenic to Anderson yes. and use that as your pathway east-west. Anderson is the way you're going to want to drive this uh, summer. For the summer. Claflin, obviously, as well, but uh, Anderson will get you all the way through. Wow. You know, last summer we got a lot of feedback about what we did on from Vanesta to Hudson. It uh, sounds like this summer will be every bit as busy. It'll be just as busy. The difference this summer is, though, we don't have any complete closures. Yeah. So Kimball will be open. Last year, I know the feedback we got quite a bit was oh, just that, that full closure. So that'll help a little bit. We are going to, I mean, obviously you're in construction zones, you're going slow and, and all of those things, but uh, not having that complete closure, hopefully it makes it a little bit more palatable this summer. On all these projects, Brian, will you talk to us a little bit about all the resources that are within your department that uh, make these things go? Everything from plan review to inspection. Just talk sure. to us about your people and, and what they do on a daily Sure. So uh, in the engineering division, we have engineering, survey, design, and then uh, we also have inspection. And then at the very end of the project, we have a GIS data set that actually goes out, captures all that information. And that's what you see on the Riley County website. Everything on the, on the Riley County website actually is captured to the city. And then we send it to the county and the county publishes it. So all of that data on there actually generated from, or the vast majority of it generated from the city. Uh, we start with survey, obviously uh, go out and uh, uh, get some data on what the existing pavement looks like and then also cross sections and uh, ADA ramps, all of that interesting engineering stuff that you know just us engineers like to do. Then after that, uh, it goes into design. We start looking at uh, cost estimates and, and pavement thicknesses and just do all of that uh, initial data, all that initial capture. Uh, and then from there, then we go into design and construction and then inspection. So even with uh, design and preliminary design, we're usually engaged with a private consulting firm in town too? Uh, typically, yeah. Uh, we, we typically try to design in-house about 10% of our total yearly budget. Okay. That's kind of our goal. Uh, we've been above it the last couple of years just because, I mean, as everybody has seen, construction costs have gone up. So, you know, capturing those dollars and keeping them local really helps. Great. Great. Well, the 0.2 sales tax obviously helping us with a lot of removal and replacement neighborhood streets. We have a lot of other revenue sources going into a lot of these projects. 
Uh, from a property tax standpoint, there's probably a portion that is being pledged here, but not a lot. No, not a lot. And, and in some circumstances, none at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have other revenue sources covering those 100%. But Yeah, everything we've mentioned so, so far, probably less than 5% is in that general fund yeah. category. With, yep. with property tax yep. levy helping that. So uh, we try to break that down for the commission and the community every chance we get, because there's a lot of work that happens in Manhattan that isn't really driven by property tax. There's sales tax and there's other revenue streams that we're uh, utilizing to make these improvements. So, uh, the only other one that we have is North Manhattan, and that will be a full closure. That's the one project this summer that is going to have a full closure. That's from uh, roughly McCain, or where we stopped last year, down to Claflin, including the intersection of Claflin. So that intersection now is going to get the red stamped crossing, a lot like uh, Denison and Claflin has. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to get the full signal package, so you're going to get protected lefts, protected rights. Hopefully get a lot more uh, traffic through that intersection a lot more efficiently. And that'll really move all our improvements from Kimball all the way down to Claflin on North Manhattan. It's that last gap. Last gap. And then we'll come back next year with a streetscape landscaping plan to finish out. And you're going to be pouring a trail here in the next couple weeks on North Manhattan. Probably by mid next week. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Because there's a gap in that trail right now. There is. Yep. It's a limestone screening surface, a lot like what's on Linear Trail, but it does get a little sloppy, especially if we get some precipitation. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us yep. today, Brian. Any other questions? Got some questions? Uh, yeah, since we actually have a little bit of time, yeah. um, you talk about kind of the number of projects out there and uh, stormwater in particular. There are seventy million dollars worth of projects out there, kind of in the queue. Can you talk to us just about how you make those choices? Um, sure. That kind of go through that process for us. Sure. So most of the stuff that we're doing right now is in the downtown watershed, and that was in a master plan from 2012. And that master plan identified it about, like Jason said, 13 projects total, ranked them one through 13 as far as importance. Uh, With stormwater, obviously, you got to start at the bottom of the watershed. So uh, you got to start where it discharges into the Kansas River or into the Pretty Ditch. Uh, we've started that. This is project number one, which discharges in Kansas River. Project number two and three actually go north through the casement and Hayes uh, sluice gate up there, which is part of the levee project. Um, and then four, five, and six then start working their way uphill, eventually ending up at 14th and Anderson. But that's how this process started was through a master plan in 2012. And a lot of our stormwater, as I mentioned, just being at the bottom end of the bathtub, we have to start down at the bottom end and work our way back into the community. Our traditional drainage in the older part of town is curb and gutter, gravity flow. Streets, yep. So that's why you see all that ponding taking place in our streets, at our dips, and it just stays there. The gravity flow uh, can be impeded by debris, leaves, and just the fact that it's fairly Cars, flat yep. yeah it's just it's flat it doesn't move very quick um, so this infrastructure underground in the future will take all that rainwater and get it to the rivers quickly what do you use instead of gravity flow i'm not familiar yeah so you can go to a pump system uh, we don't have a lot of them in the city but you can you can definitely go to a pump system if you have to we do have pumps at points and at south manhattan so once that water gets down there if we need to we can pump it up and over or up and through the levee. So is your question more, the gravity flow through the curb and gutter is basically just, it's higher here than it is at the river. So it'll just flow through the street. These Brian's coming back with pipe that's enormous, that'll be below grade, that that water will go into through an inlet and run to the river. And the problem with overland flow is every block that you go overland flow, you get more flow. 
just like a river as it gets bigger as it goes downstream if you don't get that water underground in an inlet it eventually gets mammoth by the time it gets down to you know third and carney say for instance how down there you're at the very bottom of the hill and all that water has not got captured has not got below the surface just starts ponding up by sonic yep and we've seen cars inundated with water and get Floating. caught there and can't pass and and yeah just completely underwater and uh, tell, tell us once again, what's the timeline for, for that project completion date for this phase? So this first phase uh, is probably mid-next year, probably spring to summer of next year. They actually go all the way to the middle school, and uh, one of the contract stipulations was they had to do the stuff in front of the middle school between May and August because we've all seen the traffic at the middle school and ninth the bus center. routes. Yeah, the ninth grade center. It, it can get pretty messy. So... We did have that in the contract stipulation, so by 1st of May or middle of May, you're going to see a lot of construction down on points. If people want to find out more information about upcoming projects, where should they go? Probably our website's the best uh, location, the Active Projects page. Uh, we have a great staff that works on that quite a bit, and uh, they do a really great job. So that's where I would start first, and then if you got any questions, contact somebody on staff. Yeah, cityofmhk.com, and then go to the Public Works page under departments and they usually have an active projects link. One last thing in, in regards to safety, we talk about slowing down in work zones. We just kind of emphasize the, why, why we need to do that. Sure, so na nationally, about one person a day gets killed in a work zone. And uh, Federal Highway, KDOT, even locals like us, we've been really pushing the slow down, stay alive. Uh, it's just really dangerous with a lot of equipment going around, people walking around. We're, we're also reducing lane widths, so there's not a lot of error if, if you start wandering around. And then you're just head-to-head. -head. Anytime you're head-to-head -head traffic, if you do have an accident, it's probably a head-on collision, which is extremely dangerous. And that's those kind of accidents where people get severe injuries. And we usually work really well with PD. If we've got some problems and there's some higher rate of speeds, that they will show up and, and monitor the area, and it usually calms it down pretty well. But you do get tight, and slowing down hopefully becomes more of a natural thing than asking people to hit 25 in a, in a wide open area. Mm -hmm. So, One last thing, since we know that this is going to cause quite a bit of inconvenience and you know, it's going to be a little hard getting around town for a while, talk a little bit about the benefit when all these, these projects are completed. And we have some of that benefit today. I mean, if you travel down between Vanesta and Hudson and, and the work that they were able to accomplish last year on Kimball, it's a much uh, more enjoyable drive it's more um, just the integrity of the concrete is there it's a smoother ride you feel more comfortable more room uh, and space to, to maneuver so it, the integrity of the of the infrastructure I would just throw in before Brian we have 240 million dollars worth of roadways in Manhattan we need to keep pace with maintenance deferring that maintenance to a point in the future would then just cause more disruption on more segments throughout the community. So it, it's no different than your own home. If you keep up with your maintenance and you don't defer it, uh, you, you don't run into such a, a, a large expenditure and a large project at the end. So we're trying to maintain those things on, on a segment basis. Uh, spot on. I mean, that's exactly how we should look at it. You know, it's a lot like your own house. And, you know, if you take care of little things, then, then you don't have that big bill. As far as uh, the improvements go, uh, you know, trying to make intersections more efficient, trying to get more traffic through an intersection in a given given amount of time. The vast majority of delays in traffic happens at intersections. So anytime 
you can make those more efficient. You make the drive less time consuming. And you know, every minute or every couple of minutes that you can save on your drive home is, a, is another minute that you can be at home with your family doing your things in the evening or another minute you, know, you can get to work and, and uh, you know, have a much better enjoyable drive. And I, I keep saying one last thing, but I thought of another. Um, update on the intersection of US Highway 24 and Kimball. Yes, so we are in the final phase of that construction. We're actually waiting for uh, signal poles to come out of Valmont in Nebraska. They were delayed from the flooding from last year. They're uh, getting up, getting started. Uh, we anticipate those being here probably mid-March, so another two to three weeks. Uh, the commission was gracious enough to pre-order some signals for some projects for this summer. So we do have those pre-ordered, hopefully get those here so we don't get into this waiting type of scenario. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you everybody. again. Have a great uh, week, and uh, we'll be back next week.